welcome to the Audible presented by AutoNation, America's largest and most recognized automotive retailer. Save on 100,000 vehicles right now at AutoNation.com. And remember, you can watch the Audible every Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. on WFR CBS 4 and download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms and the Miami Dolphins. Got a big show for you today, John. We're going to join me, John Kajemi, as he does each and every week on the Audible. John X's and Bowes, we're going to take a look back at the Bills game and the Dolphins had an opportunity to win that game. And uh, so we'll go ahead and take a look at that. Then we go behind the enemy lines. We'll take a look at this week's opponent and get that all set up for us going forward. But uh, time now to take a look back, presented by Morgan Law. We'll take a look at the Buffalo Bills game. John, this game, you know, the, the first half of this game to me was, you know, it, it, it just, I looked at the Dolphins and just couldn't see any uh, consistency on either, either side of the ball. And it seemed like offensively, um, they couldn't just get in, couldn't get in sync easily. Um, you know, they'd make some plays and then there'd be, you know, and to me that the odd part, John, was that, you know, it was one of, wasn't one of those things where the, it was the same problem every time. Maybe this guy missed a block. Maybe that guy didn't, didn't drop the football. Maybe this guy didn't run the right, right. It was just, it, to me, it was just a compilation of different people doing different things, different errors on, on any given play. Yeah, I think consistency does play a factor in terms of the way the Dolphins have played over the first two weeks. And when you take a look at both games, uh, I, I see a lot of similarities, Bo. I, I see a lot of opportunities where the Miami Dolphins had chances to win football games. I mean, there's no doubt. You make a couple of plays on, on, on offense, maybe on defense, or special teams get a spark, and you change the outcome of the football game. I, I do like the fact that the Miami Dolphins – found a way to fight back uh, in different instances against the Buffalo Bills, who I felt like, you know, that day was a superior football team. Miami had to play a little bit better uh, in all facets to get a win, even at home. And it, at times they did, but they didn't do it enough. And I think that's where the difference was. I think when, you know, certain guys uh, took advantage of opportunities and, and you look at, Stephon Diggs, the, what, what he did on the outside when Byron Jones went down and they had, you know, Noah Ibnogany, a rookie, come in and try to run with him for, you know, the better part of 50 minutes of a football game. That, that's, an, that's a tough chore. So I think you're, you're right. There were certain breakdowns at certain times that really hurt the Miami Dolphins, whether it was pass protection, whether it was a lack of coverage, whether you couldn't pressure the pocket enough. Uh, whether as an offense you couldn't stay on the field once you regained the lead and and then try to retake it again to win a game. So there were bits and pieces missing for a, a winning recipe, I think, Bo, at home. But I do like the way the Dolphins fought for 60 minutes, and I think it's I think they're close. Close doesn't win you anything in the National Football League, but I think for a young football team, uh, they're gaining on where they need to be more consistently. Yeah, and I think when you look at individuals, you're starting to see individuals after two games of seeing a pattern of, of, of guys getting better. I think Mike Gusecki, uh, he made yes. a big leap forward last year, and I think he's making another big leap forward. I think I said on the postgame show that, you know, if you look at Mike Gusecki right now, you've got to put him in the conversation when it comes to Pro Bowl for the tight end, the way he's playing, the, the games that he's had, catches he's made, he made on Sunday were some of the remarkable catches that, that he made out there. He, he's playing well. Certainly, Devontae Parker continues to play at a high level, much like he springboard off of what he did last season coming forward. Isaiah Ford 
is, is playing well for this football team. On the defensive side, you'd like to get some of those guys. Christian Wilkins uh, has been playing consistently well in the last two games. Gottschall played a little better uh, than he did. But, you know, you've got some of those guys that you brought in, Van Noy, Ogba, Lawson. You'd like to see a little bit more out of those guys. You'd like to see them start imposing their will and getting some pressure on the quarterback and, and making some plays. And the first play, I think they broke a run for 14 or 15 yards. And you go, oh, my gosh, here we go. Here we go again, right? Yeah. One of these days. But then they, then they tightened up a little bit. But having said that, the, the really disturbing number to me was at halftime when Buffalo had 342 total yards. I, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're still in the game. It's 17-10 at half in the game. But, my gosh, you've given up 342 yards in the game. What's going to happen in the second half? And fortunately in the second half, they were able to, after that rain delay or that the lightning delay, they were able to come back and, and put some points on the board and, and take the lead until you had the breakdowns. And, and, and again, you talk about opportunity missed. Opportunity missed with Xavier. With the with the uh, you know which should have been an interception right over the top of the receiver and all he had to do was catch the ball. Uh, Preston Williams had an opportunity to catch the ball for a touchdown in the end zone that that would have uh, would have put the D, the team up earlier than 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 they did. And so you know those plays that help you win games, you know you've got to make those plays. It, it's you know you play like I said to, you know, like you can say you you look at this this football. They played two of the best teams in the AFC East to start the season. Uh, the incumbent, the New England Patriots, uh, and then you play the Buffalo Bills, who people are saying they're, they're the ones that are knocking on the door. And, and really, in both games, they had opportunities, but they didn't capitalize. And, and, that's, and you got to do that if you want to go from being a young football team to being a successful football team. I agree with you. There, there's a number of players that I think are doing their part in getting better. And you mentioned Mike Kosicki off the top. He had career highs in both receptions and yards against the Buffalo Bills. The one-hander going across the middle was sensational where he's just able to snag the football out of the air and, and come down with a big play. But I, I think you need more. I, I know Devontae Parker's playing well, but I think you need more. Preston Williams needs more. He has to be more of an impact. Jakeem Grant, uh, you know, in special teams, it's, it's great when he breaks off a big run, but I think he has to be the complement to Isaiah Ford, who's really stepped into that void and been a big play guy. Uh, you mentioned the guys on defense, and, and I think that's where the question mark still kind of lies for me. Manuel Ogba, Shaq Lawson, um, you know, guys like that. You know, Byron Jones, who hopefully will come back from the groin injury. I don't know if he's going to be available uh, against the Jags, but you're hoping that he is. But if not, somebody else has to step up. You know, Kyle Van Noy, he has to make more impactful plays behind the line of scrimmage, around the line of scrimmage. Uh, another surprise, I think, Bola is Miles Gaskin. I mean, this guy's come in and taken his opportunity and, and literally run with it. You know, the guy's done a terrific job of being able to fill in for, you know, Jordan Howard or, or Matt Breida, who had some run against the Bills. I, I just think that when guys have those chances, they need to step up into that spotlight and really embrace it. Uh, two other guys that, you know, I really want to mention, though, Bo, that have kept Dolphins, kept the Miami Dolphins in the game, the special teams. I think Sanders and Hawk mm -hmm. have done an excellent job of being able not only to punt the football against the Bills three times uh, down inside the 20-yard line, one time at the minus six, but Jason Sanders, a 52-yarder, 45-yarder, you know, he's perfect on the season. Those are the types of things that keep you in games when you're not playing your best because it goes unnoticed. And I think the special teams guys, you know, even the coverage guys, Mac Hollins and, 
and Frazier, Kayvon Frazier done a nice job going down and, and covering those punts and getting him inside the 20-yard line. So much improvement there as well. Yeah. I think the other area, John, I'd like to see a little bit of a bump is at the, in the running back position. You talk about Miles Gaskin, seven for 46 from Miles Gaskin. And, you know, not, not you know, they're, they're not, you know, not going to get to 1,000 yards with 46 yards rushing. Uh, but then you add to it, you, you look at Breida, seven for 37. Jordan Howard, five for four yards. You know, those two guys, Breida and Howard, you know, they, they've got to find a way to, they've got to find a way to, 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 to make an imprint, to make an impact on this, on this football team. Um, and in, in two games, really, for the most part, they've been there, but they've been rather pedestrian and allowed Miles Gaskin to really become the featured guy on this football team. But, you know, if you're going to have a featured back, that featured back can't be your quarterback. It, right. can't be your, it can't be a guy that's giving you 35, 40, 47 yards a game. You know, you need someone's going to break out. And, and you know, I, I like Miles Gaskin. I like what he's given you so far. But, you know, you, you went out and you got Howard and you got Brita for, uh, for, for them to be your guys. And, uh, and I think we've got to see a little bit more production out of them. And hopefully, hopefully Jacksonville is a place where they can maybe, maybe find some space and, and show us what, uh, what's expected of them. Well, I sure hope so. And I think the way the Dolphins are going to do that, and I, I think they did it in the second half against the Bills, they started throwing the football to open up the run. They started series with four or five passes in a row, kind of loosened up the defense. And that's when you saw Gaskin and Breida kind of break a little bit of daylight in the running game. So I'm looking for more of that pass to set up the run than the more traditional way of run to set up the pass. I think it's easier for the Miami Dolphins to, to throw it first. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, hey, uh, stick around. We've got a lot more coming your way here on the Audible, so uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Audible presented by Auto Nation. Time now for our sit-down and uh, the, uh, the subject of our sit-down, Isaiah Ford. And, John, uh, Isaiah Ford's one of those guys you, you, you root for. You know, he hasn't had the easiest path in the NFL. He's kind of, you know, bounced around a little bit, been on the practice squad, been on and off. And, you know, and it seems like now he's got his footing with the Miami Dolphins and, and really becoming a, a, an asset for this football team. And I think we're just starting to scratch the surface on, on how good Isaiah Ford can be. Runs good routes. He's dependable. He catches a football. All the things that you want out of, a, out of a receiver. I hope so, Bo. I hope you're exactly right because, number one, he's an intelligent wide receiver. He knows when you need to be open because that's when the quarterback wants to deliver the football. So he has good timing in the pass offense. And you can move him around. You can bounce him inside. You can bounce him outside. Uh, there's a lot of different things you can do with Isaiah Ford, and I'm just glad that he's maturing and becoming that that pro that you thought he could be in his third season, and he's taken the most of the advantage, you know, taken really his opportunity and and, and stepped through that window, stepped through that, that void that the Miami Dolphins were looking for somebody to, to come in and say, hey, we need a slot receiver we can depend on. I think Isaiah Ford could be that guy for the Dolphins' offense. Yeah, no doubt. He's earned the trust of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, <clears throat> John, as you know, it's always good to have the quarterback's trust. So let's hear what Isaiah has to say. Well, we're welcome to have Isaiah Ford with us uh, sitting in today on the Audible. And, uh, Isaiah, let's talk, a little bit about, uh, let's talk a little bit about last week, obviously. Uh, big game of Buffalo coming to town, and uh, things didn't start off the way you wanted. But team rallied in the second half, came out in the second half, took a lead. What does that do for a young team? having been in a hole like that and then been able to fight back and, um, and, and, and get a lead and, and, and know that you're in the game? Yeah, uh, I think it shows maturity. You know, it shows fight. Um, it shows toughness. 
um, all those things that Coach Flo uh, preaches about him and uh, he wants to instill in us and that um, moving in the right direction. You know, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get the outcome that we wanted, but showing steps towards uh, becoming a winning football team. Hey, uh, talking about winning football teams, you got an opportunity on Thursday, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you're heading up there, going back home. First time you're playing back up there where you back where you grew up. What, what's it going to be like? I know there's not going to be many fans in there. I don't even know we're going to have any fans in there. I don't know what Jacksonville's thing is, but um, going back and and, and playing and uh, playing in your backyard. What's that going to mean for you? Yeah, no, it's, it's going to mean a lot. Um, I'm, I'm extremely excited about the opportunity. Again, and then it's kind of a, a chance for us to kind of wash away the bad taste that we have from Sunday's game with a quick turnaround. But um, just going back home uh, and whether they're, they're going to have fans or not, I know there'll be a lot of people um, watching from my hometown. So it'll be exciting to get there, to go go back and play. So. Well, I hope you find the end zone, Isaiah. That'd be nice in a homecoming atmosphere for you up in Jacksonville. But you, you've seen me take strides in your young year, third year with the Miami Dolphins, and from game to game, from season to season. What do you attribute that to? Uh, I just think it's, it all comes back to taking everything one day at a time, you know, and that's trying to be my best version, my best self um, every day, whether it's in meetings, in a lift, um, or on the practice field, you know, taking each rep um, and trying to perfect it, you know, and um, I think you do that more times you'll get to stack, stack consistent days in a row and then in the games it'll, it'll be kind of, become kind of second nature. So. Wanted to ask you too about playing the position of wide receiver in, in the National Football League and, and multiple offenses throughout the league. You can find yourself as an X or a Z on the outside. You can find yourself in the slot. Sometimes you can find yourself in the backfield. What's the biggest difference for you? Because for a layman, maybe watching football, it may look like NASCAR when you're in the slot compared to when you're just flying on the outside and, and you've got a sprint. So take us through the differences for, for yourself. Right, and and in the slot, there's more thinking that that's involved a lot of the times because there's safeties, there's linebackers, there's uh, nickel cornerbacks, and everything like that. And on the outside, it's more it's just maybe you and just that corner, you know, for for majority of the time. But um, you just got to play fast, and I think that that comes with the repetition and uh, rep, reps is the best the best teacher, you know. So once you get those reps, you can kind of see what the defense is giving you see what you're expecting to see. And I think that that allows you to play faster by watching what you've seen on film and things like that. Isaiah, that, uh, you know, your, your success that you're having now didn't come easy to you. You had to spend some time in practice squad, this and that, trying to, trying to get to where you are right now. Well, what were you able to do to get to where you are right now? And how have you been able to, to really take a big step forward and really became, become one of the guys that, that Ryan trusts and he knows he can throw the football to and that you're going to go in and do everything you can to, to end up with it in your hands? Yeah, uh, I had to continue to have that faith in myself, um, even when I was on the practice squad. And I had to continue to prepare as if this time would come, you know, and I didn't know when it would come or if it would come, but I wanted to be ready um, when the opportunity came. So I continued to prepare as if I was the, the starter or playing a, a significant role when I was on the practice squad. And then when that time came, I, I didn't want it to miss a beat. So. You know, it seems in the last couple, certainly the, the second half of the game uh, on, on Sunday, um, you're really starting to see this this group flourish, the wide receivers with the uh, with with Ryan, you know, running the charge back there. But uh, you're playing well. Uh, you obviously you look at Devonte Parker playing well. Preston Williams is making plays. You got Gasecki in there. It really looks like as this this passing game matures, um, going to be a lot of big playmakers and a lot of big plays to be made this season. Yeah, and and that's something that we want to take pride in. We know that 
we can kind of be the spark not only for the offense but for the whole entire team as well. And we want to kind of be that that energy spark and uh, have the team uh, build off us and feel our energy as well. And um, we want to take that onus on us to go out there and make plays for this team. Isaiah, you guys Isaiah I don't know if the team feels this way, but I wanted to ask you. Uh, first couple outings, you're close. You're, you're getting closer to getting that first W of the season. Uh, what's it going to take to kind of push it over the top? Is, do you guys talk amongst yourselves or just kind of stay in your own silo and try to focus in on your job and maybe that's good enough to get you guys over the top? But as a, as a fan watching it, uh, we could see the progression uh, to, to make one or two more plays in a game to make a difference in winning or losing. Right, and, and that's it. You know, usually – a football game comes down to four or five plays that determine the outcome of the game, you know. So whether that's one or two more third down conversions or third down stops or whatever the case may be, we just got to strain a little bit more to, to make one or two more uh, plays, you know, and that can be the difference in the game. And like you said, we do feel like we're close, but, um, you know, we're, we're not selling for close, just close enough. We want to win games, we want to win ball games. So we got to keep straining and keep fighting. Well, I, I know playing football, all three of us, you know, for the majority of our lifetime, we've never had an opportunity to play maybe in front of zero fans. And you had that opportunity in New England. I, I want to know what it's like playing, you know, with no one in the stands compared to coming back to Hard Rock Stadium and at least getting some type of heartbeat, some kind of momentum or juice when you get out on the football field. Yeah, no, I, it, it was a little different, I will say. Um, but I think once the initial impact of the game starts, it's just football. You know, you get back to focusing on your job, focusing on the task at hand. But um, from when we came out there, it was nice to feel the crowd and feel the love from from the fans that we had in the stadium yesterday. Isaiah, you you've you've played two very good football teams: New England, very good football team; Buffalo was expected to challenge in the AFC East, um, and and you haven't gotten over the hump, um, but you can see improvement week to week so far. Uh, how is Coach Flores handling that with, you know, the expectations, like you said, or to win every game? You go out to win every game, and, and you're not going to win every game. It's only been done one time. Uh, so, so uh, you know, how does he keep you with a positive frame of mind as a football team moving forward as you get ready to take this next step on Thursday? Right, and it's kind of just been harping on that on that same thing. It's like we're, we're close, you know, that we, we can all feel it. Um, I think everyone else can feel it as well. Um, it's just a few more plays here and there. And, um, and the, our biggest emphasis is just straining, you know, straining to make those those two or three extra plays that can be the difference in the game. And then I think that once we feel that, then we can kind of get rolling a little bit. So. Isaiah, this, uh, you know, playing football in the NFL is, is giving you a platform and using that platform to, to do some good. You started a foundation. Tell us a little bit about your foundation, um, what you're trying to accomplish with it, and, and who's benefiting from uh, from your hard work here in the community. Right, so the Be The Change Scholarship is a scholarship fund that we started uh, this off season. That's gonna go to uh, an African-American student athlete uh, back in my neighborhood school in Jacksonville, Florida, at Westside High School. Um, it's a school that my mom actually teaches at now, and um, both of my older brothers actually attended that school when they were in school. So um, it's gonna be random, randomly selected. There's a, a list of requirements that the kids have to um, have to pass for, so they can be eligible for it. And then the guidance counselors and the teachers will come amongst themselves and, and kind of determine which kids they think are, are likely um, deserving of the scholarship. And um, depending on how much money we raise, I have a GoFundMe that, that's in my link on uh, Twitter. 
Instagram, all my social media accounts. Uh, de determining on how much money we raise will depend on how many scholarships we can give out. But um, I, I'm really um, excited about that. Why did, why did you feel the need to do this? Uh, I think um, with the platform that I have, I think I'm obligated to give back. You know, um, I remember growing up, um, just wanting someone that was in the NFL, that was somewhere that I wanted to be at. I wanted that one somebody like that to come back to us and talk to us or reach out to us or do anything, you know, and that would have really made my day. And I always told myself that if I was fortunate enough to get in that position, that I would do that. Um, so that's really why I feel like it was on my heart to do. Well, good for you and then good for the community that you're, uh, you're, you're helping out and uh, helping kids get an opportunity to go to school, further education, uh, which, uh, which does, does us all, all really well. By the way, when you go back to Jacksonville, does it still smell like chocolate chip cookies up there around that stadium? It seemed like every time I went up by the stadium, I get hungry because it smelled like chocolate chip cookies every time I got up there, man. What's that all about? I don't know. <laughs> Bo always smells chocolate chip cookies, no matter maybe what city he's in. Maybe I've got chocolate chip cookies on my mind all the time. <laughs> hey, Isaiah, thanks for taking the time out to be with us. And, uh, hey, continue your, your strong play. And uh, why don't you go up, go up to Jacksonville, have a big game, blow the, blow, blow the roof off that stadium. That's right. And, and give those fans something to cheer about. Welcome back to the Audible presented by AutoNation. Now it's time to go behind enemy lines presented by AutoNation where Dolphin fans can sell their vehicle for cash now. Visit AutoNation.com. And, uh, John, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, you look at the Jags, they're, they're one and one. They had a surprise win against uh, Indy on, on, on week one. I don't think too many people saw that one coming. And then uh, they, they fell behind, but they battled back and, and, and lost a tough one to uh, the Tennessee Titans. So I think when you look at Jacksonville, you're looking at a – you're looking at a good football team. Uh, Gardner Minsu is uh, is doing, you know, doing what he can do for them. Uh, came off in the last game with 339 passing yards and, and three touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, so uh, he, he certainly is, is is taking a hold of that that quarterback position. Uh, and and don't know how far he's going to go, but it's going to be interesting to see what his season is going to be like for that football team. Well, he's a gunslinger and he's a quarterback that wants to take risk with the football. And I think you get good and bad. You mentioned the 339 and three touchdowns against Tennessee on 30 completions, but he also threw two interceptions. Yep. So there might be some opportunity there for the Miami Dolphins to take advantage of those ill-advised throws and, and create some turnovers, create some field position for the offense and make it a little bit easier. Maybe even get a score on their own to ignite the Miami Dolphins on the scoreboard. So I think you, you, you get a confident quarterback that you're going to have to defend because he'll be willing to push the football into tight windows. Sometimes he'll have some success. Sometimes he, he might not. So uh, I think the key to the game, though, might be James Robinson, the running back for the Jags, because you didn't know much about him before the season, but he's starting to you know, get closer to 100 yards last week. He had a good week one. Um, his, his average is up. Uh, he's a tough runner. So he can, he can take some pressure off of the uh, passing game that has a lot of explosive but young wide receivers. So I'm looking uh, at two of the youngest football teams, I guess, Bo, in the National Football League. When you take a look at the roster of the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins, you get a lot of youth. And sometimes you get uh, a lot of excited play, but sometimes you get a little bit of mistakes in there as well. It's, it's the team that can limit those mistakes uh, might come out on top. Yeah, we've talked a lot about the Dolphins' run defense, and you look at Jacksonville last week against Tennessee, averaged over 6.1 6 yards per carry. 
as a team. James Robinson, 102 yards, 6.4 yards per carry. So another another football team that's going to certainly going to try to establish the run against the Dolphins until this this defense can can really shore it up. Um, they're they're going to get that that test from each and every football team. Uh, but they've got some guys that that can throw catch the football out there too. When you look at at Jacksonville, not 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 really household names uh, when you look at the Jacksonville receivers out there, but. Uh, you've got some guys, Johnu Smith uh, had four catches for 84 yards. I'm sorry, that's Tennessee. Uh, DJ, let me start that again. Um, Jacksonville Steve, they got guys, the DJ Clark, four catches for 84 yards. Keelan Cole Sr., six for 58. Chris Conley, four for 48. Tyler Eifert, the tight end, three for four, or 36 yards. So they've got some receivers that he can throw the football to. They've got a running back out there that they can get to. They've got a tight end. So, um, you know, offensively, they, they look like a, look like a, a very, 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 very good, very solid football team. Well, it's going to be a challenge for the Miami Dolphins, no doubt. You know, going up on a short week after uh, getting over 400 or 500 yards of total yards against the Buffalo Bills, how do they respond? How do they bounce back? And can Emmanuel Ogba and Shaq Lawson and Devon Godchow and Christian Wilkins, can they pressure Gardner Minshew into – uh, some ill-advised throws. Can they get their hands on the football to force a fumble in the pocket and come up with a scoop and score, come up with field position by just getting a, a recovery on the fumble? Uh, I, I think the secondary, McCain and Rowe and, and Howard, uh, and, and if it's Igbenogany starting on the outside, I, I think those types of guys are going to have to come up and play much better as a group, not, not individually, but as a group. You can't have 18 plays or 15 plays for over 15 yards uh, again yeah. in, in week three as you did in week two. I think there's too many explosive plays against this defense. Now, whether that's limiting time and space for those young receivers that you mentioned, Bo, running uh, around the Dolphins secondary, or it's the time and space in the pocket that the Miami Dolphins can create some kind of havoc on Minshew uh, to throw the football to the wrong color jersey. You know, that's where you're you're going to improve as a defense. And I think that has to happen now. We've seen two different weeks. We've seen Cam Newton run the football down the Miami Dolphins' throat in week one. We, we've seen the ball go over defenders in week two with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I think week three now, even though it's a short week, I want to see a much improved Miami Dolphins defense in terms of pass rush and in terms of limiting, limiting the time and space it takes to throw the football against this secondary. You know, I, I think uh, I agree with you. And I think the first couple games, John, when you look at the Dolphins, you, you were playing against very good football teams. You, you, you know, you had Cam Newton. You didn't know. You kind of had a feeling what that offense was going to be, but you didn't know. And then as soon as you saw that first, that little op read option, you kind of knew what it was going <laughs> to be. And, and then Cam's ability to run the football and go over the top. And, and so you were playing against a very good player and a very good team. Week two in Buffalo, same thing, playing against – Josh Allen, who's just continues to get better and better. His accuracy is getting better. Throw the football. Now, Stephon Diggs and that receiving core the, that they had uh, did a good job against the Dolphins. <clears throat> but I think this game, John, to me, uh, you know, Jacksonville doesn't have big star power. They're not, they're not, you don't look at these names. You go, wow, got this guy, got that guy, this guy. This is a game where the Dolphins, I think, need to worry about themselves. They need to, they need to look internally at themselves and our football team. What are we not doing right? Why are we not stopping the run? Why is, it, why is the passing game in game two? Why was it so effective? What didn't we do right? And, and I think with this short week, to me, it's more about internally 
looking at yourself as an individual in every position on that field, whether you're, whether you're a nose tackle, whether you're a defensive end, whether you're a cornerback, whether you're a wide receiver, whether you're a running back, what can I do? What can I do to help this team win? Because I think this is a winnable game, winnable game for the Miami Dolphins to go up there and beat Jacksonville. But they're not going to do it unless they're playing their best football. And you, you, you kind of feel like this team has got a, got a base to it, but it's got some frayed edges that are just kind of sitting out there that you can't tuck in. And, and, and I think that this is a week where you've got you to gotta tuck those frayed edge, fray edges in, uh, those, those frayed edges in, and, and you've got to play a solid, consistent, good football game from start to finish. I think if you do that, that's the opportunity that the Dolphins have to win this one. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, they were close in week one and week two because even though it might not have looked like that, when you take a look at the total yards and, and statistics, the score was was a winnable game. In, in week one, on the road against New England, at home at Hard Rock Stadium against the Buffalo Bills. So you're hoping that in week three, you can shore up some of the rough edges on this football team and not give the glaring explosive plays on defense, protect the football on offense, and have really – Ryan Fitzpatrick play his best game. If he can orchestrate to those guys on the outside and be able to be as accurate as we know he can be when he's at his best, I, I think the Dolphins can score points against this Jaguar defense. And I do believe the Dolphins defense is – there's nowhere to go but up. They yep. cannot play as poorly as they have against the run and against the pass in consecutive weeks. I think week three against the Jags, they, they may put it uh, – get closer to putting it all together. Yeah, I think so. If the opportunity is there, they just got to go out and, uh, and, and take it. But, uh, you know, injury bugs, all those things are going along. But uh, anyway, hey, that's going to do it for the, for the program today. Let me remind you that the, the Audible is presented by AutoNation, America's largest and most recognized automotive retailer. Save on 100,000 vehicles right now at AutoNation.com. And, and remember, you can watch the Audible every Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. on WFR, CBS4, Miami, and download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms and MiamiDolphins.com. John, uh, pleasure being with you again. I want to thank Isaiah Ford for, for joining us on the, on the program. And uh, looking forward to a big win. Hopefully, we can get those, you know, take what we take, take the good things from the last two weeks, bring them on the road up to Jacksonville and knock off the Jacksonville Jaguars and pick up our first win of the season. Well, I sure hope so, Bo. Look, nothing forward than, than celebrating uh, the first victory of the season in 2020. That would be awesome. All right, for John Kajemi, I'm Kim Bocamper. You guys stay safe, and we'll hear from you again, or you'll hear from us again next week. Stay safe.